Fantastic. Welcome to Sunday Night's Vision Sunday 2019. If it's, your first, if it's your first time with us here tonight, I'm so delighted that you've joined us. We are a party church. I said we are a party church. And our theme for 2019 is my beautiful wife began to instruct us in is it's the year of the party. Hey, on your seats is this little um, little card. It's called Let the Party Begin, a friend's prayer card. I want you to grab it right now. And the uh, Bible tells us the Scripture's on there. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. When one person who's been disconnected from God turns around and says, I want to have a relationship with God, that's the most joyful moment in heaven, which is already a joyful place. Bible tells us there's a party over one person. And I want us just to, uh, each year we renew this. You can take this home. It explains on the back how to pray for people who are disconnected from God. Uh, I want you to write down, you know, it could be one, two, three, up to 10 friends. You can take more if you want to. But I, I've got this on my wall when I pray every morning. I lift this up and I pray for people in my world, some family members, some friends I've known for a long time, some, some friends, some newer friends, and I just lift them up and pray pray for them every day and I see them coming into this place into this service and God uh, transforming and changing their life the best friend that we can be is a friend that leads our friends to Jesus and a relationship that will be powerful and transformative so you can take that home put it somewhere and uh, begin to begin to pray into that area nice nice dancing a little bit earlier Getting the, in the groove. Thank you, AJ. You're just busting out those moves. There's a few of us. I feel like Dan Frecker was practicing this afternoon. I feel like he got a head start because he knew what was coming. But you did good, Dan. I thought, you, you know, it's, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm hoping that somehow, I'm not sure if, it's, if there's a thing such as called healing for coordination, but I'm hoping that I can get healing for coordination this year. Do you think it's a thing, Eb? Where God can help my... Yeah, okay, I'm just... I'm believing. Believe with me, would you, that this is going to be the... Yeah. Band, you can go. You've done a great job. Put your hands together for our band. Hey, a, a few things. Let me just tell you a few things as we, as we get started uh, into tonight. A couple of things I want you to know. Uh, this is uh, officially the beginning of a new era for our church. And so uh, this, this is, we've had three, what I would call eras. Uh, the, the begin, this is the beginning of the third era. The first era is the first eight years our church was planted in 1992. Uh, my parents, Danielle's parents, were part of the beginning of this church. And uh, it, the church was initially known as Way of the Sea Christian Church. That was our name for, for the first eight years or so. Out of a scripture, he'll make us glorious by the way of the sea. We even sang a little song with the organ by the way of the sea. Anyway, okay, that was, that was one era. That era changed, and that was awesome, especially when people called us the Whales and the Seals Church. That, that kind of helped us make some changes, and when Danielle and I became pastors, we began a new era in our church, and we changed, the, uh, uh, under our leadership, the church moved into a new season, a new era, and we became Christian City Church, Kiwana Waters, or C3, Kiwana Waters, and now, uh, 2019 is the beginning, not of a new chapter, not of a new day, not of a new season, but a new era uh, for our church, and for a new era, it's significant enough to get a new name. And so our new name as of today is C3 Powerhouse. That's our new name, all right? Uh, we're not always going to be in Kiwana Waters. 
We're going to have um, churches across multiple sites. We're beginning in Melbourne later this year, so we needed a name that could work across multiple locations. We needed a name that kind of captured the vibe of our house, that we're a house where God's love and power changes lives and transforms lives. And so, so that's, that's the new name. Uh, it might grow on you. It, might, you. it might already, not like fungus, but like in a good way. It might already, you might already be there and ready to go, but that, that's us for this next era, however long this this next era is going to be. Uh, a couple of other things I want to let you know is as of the first Sunday of March, our morning service times are going to change. Uh, instead of being 8.30 and 10.30, they're going to be 8.15 and 10. Okay, 8.15 and 10. Uh, the reason for that predominantly is we want to make the 10 o'clock, uh, the 10.30 a bit earlier so we can have some more parties after it uh, around lunch. That's the, ba- the bottom line. Plus the friends that I'm praying for are unlikely to come to the, t- the 8.15 after their normal Saturday night behavior. And that's cool. So the second service or the night service will be what they'll come to. And we thought we're going to just make that. The first service will be a bit shorter. It'll be an hour and 15. We'll have a 30 minute turnover and then we'll have uh, the 10 o'clock service okay just you're, you're in the know that that you're, now you're informed who's, who's been to the morning service give me a wave if you've been to one of our fantastic many of you come along to our morning service all right I want to look here at a scripture and uh, and then we're just kind of kind of bounce out of this scripture and it's a story uh, it's often referred to as the prodigal son uh, or the lost son. And it's a story of, of a father, a Jewish father, that Jesus told as a parable. And so it's not a true story, but it's a parable to illustrate a point. And he, Jesus told lots of parables to help people to get spiritual principles. And so he told this parable about a Jewish father uh, and, and his, his two sons. And, and essentially one of them rose up and said, Dad, I'm sick of being on the family farm, the youngest one. I want my inheritance now, which you didn't get really until the father died so he's basically saying I wish you were dead because I want the money now and his father said you can okay you can have it he split it up uh, to the oldest son and the youngest son so the oldest son got double portion so two-thirds to the oldest son one-third to the youngest son the youngest son then uh, in, in this parable the youngest son would have had a fire sale to sell the land and all the possessions that he inherited so it would have gone quickly that meant that everybody in the village that they were from would have known that he'd sold all of all of uh, the father's inheritance and, and, and blown it off and brought shame to his family name because you just didn't do that then he took that money in cash and he went and he left the farm and he went off to people who weren't God's people and he began to party Uh, the bible said he began and not the kind of party i'm talking about here not the year of the party kind of party he began the bible said he he wasted all the money on wild living uh, his brother accused him of spending his inheritance on prostitutes. He would have he would have slept with with people. He would have been he would have drunk and and used up all of those resources in a period of of fun and craziness that was fun for a little while. But after a little while, what what he thought was freedom ended up entrapping him. And that's what happens. What, you, what starts out as, whoa, I can do whatever I want, it eventually enslaves us and we, it, it becomes a curse or a noose around our neck. And what was once fun now has trapped us and we can't seem to get out. It started out as freedom, but now it's enslaving us. And that's what happened to him. And he came eventually, the Bible says, he eventually ran out of money. And when he ran out of money, he ran out of friends because his friends weren't real friends. They were just hanging around with him while he had money, while he had money and they were 
using him. So he, he found out he had no friends. He'd brought shame on his family. He was, he'd been a disgrace to his family. The only thing he could do was to look after some pigs and no one would feed him. And it, he got to the point where the pig food looked enticing. You know when the pig food looks enticing, you've hit rock bottom. And so he hit rock bottom at that particular moment. And so he, uh, he had this thought, you know, even the servants in my dad's home, they, they eat better than what I'm eating. I've, I should just go home. I should apologize to my father. Uh, and I should go back and ask to not be a son because I've blown that opportunity, but to go back and to be a servant. So if you understand Jewish culture, there would have already been some kind of, of a, a public moment where the father had excommunicated that son. It's like he's dead to me because of the choices he's made. So the, the, the possibility of him returning wasn't that he was going to be looked after. He would come back into shame, rejection, and the village actually pointing the, peop, pointing the finger at him and saying, you've brought disgrace on your father. Why are you even coming back? He risked all of that, and he turned around because he was starving. And he, he turned around, and we're going to pick up the story in Luke chapter 15, verse 20 to 25. It says, so he returned home to his father, I love this. I, I love this story. This tells us about God and the kind of church God wants us to be. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. His father didn't know what he was going to say. His father didn't know whether he would be repentant. His father didn't know whether he would come back and point the finger at him and say, why did you give me that money? You destroyed my life. He had no idea. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming filled with love and compassion, just like our heavenly father, no matter what we've done, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. He ran to his son. Now, this is very undignified. A Jewish father and landholder wouldn't run. He would have had to lift up his robes and it was, un, un, uh, it was um, unprecedented for a man like that to even show his legs. He didn't have legs like Dan Frecker to, dis to display to everybody. So he, had, he picked them up and he ran. And before his son said a word, it says this, he, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son hadn't said a word. He had no idea what he was going to do, but he showed kindness and mercy against all cultural expectations to his son. And he kissed him on the neck. That act of kindness is a demonstration of what God is like. The Bible tells us that it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. It's not the church picketing people, pointing at people, abusing them on Facebook and telling them they're sinners. It's the love of God in the church that causes people to come. And before we even know why, go easy on kissing people as they walk into church okay but but on a general rule that that's the principle his son said to him father i have sinned against both heaven and you and i am no longer worthy of being your son the father's warmth and love um bought it, opened up his heart but get this i love it he, he's like i'm coming back I, i've blown it i can't be your son i'm going to be a second class citizen in the family I'll live out the back with the servants. I, I, I know I've blown it. I don't, I don't have the right. But his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. Obviously not vegetarians. Good news for me. We must celebrate with a feast. 
for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. Every one of those things that he did had absolute cultural significance in that moment. The, the garment, he said, get the best robe. That was his, that was his uh, decorative robe that he would wear in special occasions. And it was the robe of royalty or, or significance for him. So th- this was the moment where the son was going to do the walk of shame back to the family farm in front of everybody else. And he says, I'm going to cover your shame. I'm going to put the royal, the garment of the house on you. When I'm walking you back, everybody's not going to think of you as the deserter. They're going to think of you being reinstated. When, God, when we come back to God, He doesn't look at us and say, you're not good enough. He gives us what the Bible calls a robe of righteousness. You are now robed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And then He so he, robed, he got the robe on Him. And then the next thing He said is, I'm going to give a ring and put it on His finger. It's not like He went to Tiffany and bought Him a beautiful ring. The ring was the family seal. It was essentially on that ring, there would be this thing and put wax on it. And when, it, when a, a check was paid or when a deed was signed, the family seal would stamp it and it was the authority of all of the resources of that. And he said, put the ring on him so he can sign the family checks again put the ring on him so he can deal on our behalf. He's not just going to come back as a servant. I'm going to, and this is what Jesus does. When you come into the family of God, doesn't matter what you've done, whether you're a prodigal or a, it doesn't matter what. He says, I'm going to give you all the authority that Jesus has for every believer, every believer. Then the third thing he said is, let's put sandals on his feet. The significance with this is that, is that servants would have bare feet and sons would have sandals. So John the Baptist said, I'm not even worthy of tying up the sandals on his feet. That was the role of a servant. He said, I'm not worthy of that. And so in that moment, as he walked back with the robe on, with with the ring on the finger and the sandals on his feet, everybody knows he's been restored to full sonship with full authority and full power, even though he's been an absolute rat bag in a moment. He's restored to his rightful, to his, the place that he didn't deserve. It's called the grace of God. Kill the calf. You see, to have a party, to have salvation, something had to be killed. That, 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 that calf was, was often what was used for the sin offering to cover the guilt of people. And for you and I, we're going to have a year of the party, but the reason we can have a party is because Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice for us. He paid the price for our sin. Someone had to die so we could be reinstated to God's family, and it was Jesus. We celebrate with a feast. The son of mine was dead, has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And this is my favorite little phrase. And so the party began. Uh, C3 Powerhouse, I want to tell you, the party is about to begin for us. Why? Because we're going to be celebrating prodigals coming back to the house of God. We're going to be celebrating people who, are, who, who, who right now can't even th- they think of church and they think that's a million miles away from me. Uh, they wouldn't accept me. I wouldn't smell right. I wouldn't look right. I've done too much wrong. And God says, no, no, no. I'm looking for a church who will be like that father, who will look, who will open their eyes, who will run, who will embrace, who will welcome and say, hey, it doesn't matter what you've done. You're restored back to God. That's the heartbeat of our vision. It's Vision Sunday. I want us to be so clear. That's who we are and that's what we do. And we're going to party because of the celebration in people's lives together. Uh, I'm going to get some, the musos to come on back up because we're going to do a few things together. See, the challenge in this story is the oldest son who got all of the inheritance but never spent it or enjoyed it 
heard the sound of a party and dancing it's like what's that sound that's tragic when the church doesn't know the sound of dancing and parties Uh, what's that sound I've I've never had a party I've never been celebrated the the, the religious spirit will look at people and say oh they don't deserve to be in church Uh, look at all they've done right why would we party about them that spirit's missing the very heartbeat of what God wants us to be I know God's calling us as a church. Tonight, just as we're preparing, I felt the Lord said, I'm going to start to bring prodigals into this church. Kids who have grown up in the house of God. Kids who have grown up knowing about God, but found it boring or or irrelevant or or judgmental or, 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 or it was good, but they just thought it would be more fun to do this. And those kids hit rock bottom. And come back to to church feeling a little bit sheepish, feeling like, oh, I'm going to stick out around here. We want to, no, 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 no. The party is just beginning. You're restored to your rightful place. You're restored to where God wants you to be. You're restored to that relationship. You're going to find joy and peace in that place. And the, the first thing I want to do right now before we move on, I'd like there to be a party in heaven for you right now. You might be here sitting in this room tonight. I know we had a, a dozen people or so doing Alpha, which is a, a course for people exploring Christianity, and that's so awesome, and that's running continuously in our church. But maybe it's your first time, or you haven't been to church for a long time, and you find yourself sitting here, happy that the roof didn't cave in, wondering, would you be accepted or rejected? I want to tell you, you're accepted just the way you are. We're accept- if, here's the thing. When he came and said, oh, I've sinned against both heaven and you. That, that, that ownership of I've done wrong stuff that I'm, I'm not proud of and I'm sorry. God leans his love towards us before we say that. But once we say that, that allows us to be restored into relationship and all of the grace of God into our lives. Right across this room, I just want us to close our eyes right now. If you're here tonight... And you're not in a relationship with God. You might be a prodigal. You might have once known about God, but you've been running away like Jonah, running away from the call of God, running away from God's love, running away from God's way of living. Tonight you find yourself in church. It's time for you to come back. It's time God's arms are open wide for you. Maybe you've grown up and you've never had any experience of Christianity. You've only seen some things and, and it's not painted the picture right for you what, of what Christianity is really supposed to be. Christianity is not about a whole set of rules that we try and live up to. It's about accepting a gift of forgiveness and becoming a brand new person on the inside because of, through Jesus Christ. Right now in this room, if you're here tonight and you're, you're wondering why you seem to be empty on the inside, you're wondering why stuff is fun but it leaves you empty, I'm telling you it's because you're created to be in a relationship with your heavenly Father. And He's calling you tonight into that relationship, into that place. He's, he's waiting for you just to respond to Him. When you open up your heart to God, what happens in that moment? As God's Spirit comes and lives inside of you, He makes you brand new on the inside. Sometimes you can think, I couldn't become a Christian. I couldn't live that kind of life. Here's the good news. When you receive God into your life, He just changes you. In a moment, you become a new person. You're born again spiritually. 
If you're in this place tonight and you're not in relationship with God, you don't have that friendship. There's a sense of an emptiness on the inside in your soul. That's because God wants to come into your heart. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you simply, if that's you, to to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. I want to lead you into a relationship with God. So simply, we'll do it in your seat. You put your hand up and say, that's me. And then we'll all pray a prayer together after me. And in that moment, a simple prayer will change everything. If you once walked with God and you're not walking with Him right now and you know, you can feel you're out of whack, things are out of kilter, it's time to reconnect with God. Tonight's your night to surrender. If you're not sure when you die, if you're going to go to heaven, then tonight's the night to get confidence in your heart. You don't go because you're a good person. You don't even go because you're a churchgoer. You go because you accepted Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross. He makes us right. So right across this room, all eyes are closed, heads are bowed. If this is you, if you're saying, John, I, I want that relationship with God you're talking about. Something's missing in my heart. I've been away from God and it's time for me to come back to God. I, want to, I need to be sure I'm going to heaven right now, right across this place. If that's you, would you just raise your hand up and say, that's me tonight. I want to get right with God. Thanks. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thanks, man. You can put your hand down. Who else is here tonight and tonight's your night to get right with God? You just need to take a step towards Him. A simple step of courage by raising your hand and saying, tonight I want God to come into my life. If that's you, I'd love you to raise your hand as well. Say, that's me as well. I need to get right with God. Wherever you are, you'll feel the Holy Spirit prompting your heart right now just it's like a oh that's me you you, you start to sense because often people feel uncomfortable it's because because God's coming and saying I want to break you out of where you are into a new place into a new way of living but you just got to cooperate with me I'm looking across the room for a few more moments and if that's you today's your day to get right with God Have courage right now and take this step and raise your hand and I'd love to pray with you, include you in this prayer in just a moment. If that's you, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Would you include me in this prayer? Wherever you are, that's me. Include me in this prayer. Fantastic. Well, we've got our eyes closed. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want us all to pray together. And as we pray, I want you just, for the the young man who raised your hand, I want you just to pray with all your heart to God. But all of us pray together. Say these words after me. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, for my sin. I'm sorry for all I've done wrong. And I'm turning to you today to put my faith in Jesus. I renounce the devil and all His works. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit and the power of God. I thank You tonight that I'm forgiven, that I'm born again, and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a great clap. Fantastic. Awesome. So good. So good. So good. Don't you love the story of the prodigal son? I just think it's just so counterintuitive to the way we think. The reason Jesus told that story was because he was being questioned for the amount of time he was spending with notorious sinners. He was being questioned for his partying 
And here's the thing, it's, 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 you're able to be in the world, but not of the world. When you carry the presence of God, doesn't mean we have to party like the world. It just means we carry something different about ourselves. And Jesus, Jesus carried something that was, was so loving and so compassionate and so life-giving and so non-judgmental that people everywhere would invite Him into their place and they felt comfortable being around Him because He carried something that was beautiful. And you and I have Jesus in our lives, and we carry that same thing. And this year, one of the reasons we're calling it a year of the party is because we're wanting to party and include our friends in, our, in all aspects of our life before they even come to church. We're not going to be fasting and praying for people. We're going to be praying for them and feasting. It's after five years of an unbelievable amount of fasting as a church. All-night prayer meetings, 24-7 prayer vigils, uh, fasting across two whole years, someone every day of the year, 40 days of prayer with 20 days of fasting, all sorts of things we've done over the last five years particularly. And 2018, a prophet came and said, you guys, you're birthing a new era without telling you how to give birth. Far be it for me. I did marry a midwife, but it's just, I just feel like this is a no-go zone when you're preaching. Dan, just when you go to Melbourne, don't pretend to know anything about birthing. It's just, it's a, it's a bottomless pit of pain. Isn't that right, Russ? You don't want to go there. But we birthed a new era through prayer and testing and, and stretching and all sorts of different things. As a church, we broke through spiritually so that in the spirit realm, we, got, we sold our land for $5 million. We bought land at Power Road for $8 million. And so now we're moving into a zone where we're not fighting for that to happen anymore. We're just thanking God like the air conditioning. It's happened. We broke through. It's part. So we're going to celebrate what happened. We're going to give God praise. That means... One day I'm going to stand up here and go, church, hey, here's the contract. We signed a $5 million contract. We already knew we did. We've been praising God for it. right? Now. We broke through for it, but we've moved off the front foot to the back foot to the trusting zone. That's, that's an awesome thing. We're gonna, so that means that we're going to shift that faith focus to some other things. And I've been telling, uh, telling people that Danielle and I have had an epiphany recently. An epiphany is like a, oh, suddenly my eyes are opened. We, uh, we, we realized, and I've realized particularly, that I've been living in temporary mindset zone about this building. Uh, Danielle said earlier, I'm a visionary and I, I, can, I can see our future facilities. I can close my eyes. I can see them. I can see this, audit, this stadium auditorium. I can see, oh, I can, and I, I've been telling you about it for such a long time. I've seen it for 20 years. I know it's going to come to pass. The problem with that is that you can live too much in the future and not enough in now. And God's been coming and convicting me about living in temporary zones temporary zone is oh we we're here but we can't spend this money on that because we need to keep it for then and the lord came and began to challenge us about well what about here and now because if we signed a contract today for the purchase of power road which is facilities that we're wanting to buy if we signed a contract today best case scenario if everything went through super quickly we'd still be here for two years 
Who knows what could happen in two years in this building, in this church, in this new era? Who knows what could happen? I don't know about you, but I'm not super keen on five services a day. Or oh, some of you obviously are, so maybe we'll just put, no, no, I'm not, I like the three a day thing. I think, I like, who likes the three a day thing? You don't want to go to five? Well, okay, we're on the three. So I'm telling you, the, the Lord spoke to me about what's going to happen for our church this year. It's a breakout year. We've broken through. This is going to be a breakout year in so many different realms. So, so, so often I've walked into parts of the church, been in here, and with all appreciation for all the sacrifice and miracles and labor and blood, sweat and tears that's gone into getting us where we are over the last 13 years. We've been here for 13 years. I've looked at different, I've been in church in different moments and thought, oh, that's just not ideal. But then I've thought, well, one day we'll fix that when we design the new building. I've, I've been in here and I've sort of snuck back into these, this row and I've realized that when everyone's standing up, and the worship leader's leading, and I'm quite tall, and I still can't see them because the floor and the stage. And I'm like, and then I find myself going, geez, I'm really glad I get to sit in the front row. And I start thinking, well, that's a bad attitude because there's not that many of us who get to sit in the front row. And I want everyone to have an awesome worship experience in church. I want you to, I want you to see the worship leader. Didn't they do a great job tonight? I want you to see the worship leader here. So we're like, and then I'm like, yeah, but, but, one day. And so God's begun to talk to us about stop saying one day, start saying now. Stop, stop walking into the MPZ where the kids and the youth meet and, and sort of going, oh, this is just a little bit too much of all put together. It just doesn't work and it's out of shape and it's out of square. And there's rough edges and the aircon's clunky and the stage is tiny and this corner stage is and all of that. Uh, and I walk in there and I like, oh, I quickly leave. I'm like, stop saying one day we'll have awesome, an awesome youth and kids facility. Oh, I, I, and so I, I walk in a different, even into the foyer, and I'm like, I really love what we've done with the upgrade, but, but um, the tiles are so 2001. We really need a polished concrete floor. And I'm like, so one day in our new building, we'll have a polished concrete floor. I look at the screen and go, it's awesome, but it fades under the power of the lights. One day we'll have an LED screen. And God's been talking to me and saying, stop saying one day. And the Holy Spirit literally said to me this last, uh, last week while we were praying, or 10 days ago while we were praying together, He said, I want you to renovate for revival. I want you to lift the stage, get some LED lighting, put in auditorium stadium seating around the outside of this building. So just like Lang Park, there's not a bad seat in the house. Wherever you are, you'll be able to see the worship leader because they've gone a bit higher, built it out a little bit. Uh, it's time for some better quality sound in here and in the multi-purpose zone. Or the, the, it's time where you've got to fix the, the, the parents' room. It's not big enough. I mean, we've got three babies in three weeks. That, they're just not even going to fit in that room. What are we going to do about that? Uh, we've just got to, we're just got to get, we've got to do it now. We've got to take a step. See, if, if, if it took a, a fatted calf to get killed for a party to happen, then, then maybe the, the example of Jesus being sacrificial.
sacrificial is the example for you and I if we're going to reach a whole lot of people to be sacrificial and go, well, I don't have much, but I can sacrifice this and I can put some money towards that because I'm, I want to be part of renovating for revival. I want to be part of upgrading this facility. And, if, you know, it could, we could be here for five years. We could be 3,000 people in this church in five years' time. So we got to be thinking, oh, what are we going to do about that? And so the Lord began to speak to us about, about these upgrades and about, about four things, actually. One is to renovate uh, the facilities and upgrade it and over a period of time. The, the next thing is to upgrade our signage. Can we put this up here? Uh, we we want to we basically get... I've, I've been talking for years. This is another one day. Years about having signage on the highways. And, and, you know, the little core food signs are cool, but look, they're so 1980s. But you can get big LED screens in the back of trailers that can say whatever you want them to say. You can drive them anywhere. And so I think they're about 10 or 15 grand. So we, we want to get one of those. Uh, we want to get just C3 Powerhouse signage all down the road. We want to get kids on the roundabout wobbling the wobble board. Welcome to the party. Come to C3 Powerhouse. Welcome home. We want to create, for everyone who drives past, we want to create a sense, this is where the party started because you're going to come into a relationship with God. That's what we're going to do. We're... Um, so that's, that's signage and all sorts of funky signage that we want to get. We want to, uh, we want to, we're investing this year in leadership, a leadership pipeline. We realize that so many people are going to come into relationship with God in this next era, next season of our church. We need to raise up more leaders to help look after those people. And so we're bringing out uh, one of America's best consultants to large churches on how to invest in leaders and make it a simple process. So that's going to happen in March. And so th this is part Part of our renovating for revival, getting ready for new people. And then the fourth one is our C3 Powerhouse Melbourne East is kicking off later this year. And so what we're, what we're going to do, uh, we're going to have an offering. And the Lord began to speak to me the last couple of weeks about raising $200,000 uh, for renovating the facilities. It will cost more than that. Okay, so, you know, it, it, we'll use some vision builders money we'll, we'll just make it work people will donate time and whatever but, but I, that's, that's what he said to me to, raise, to, to come back and present to us that we're going to raise $200,000 uh, for an offering to put it to the church and so 10% of that is going to go into C3 we're just going to tie that into Melbourne from the get go of, of financing that is it, oh, am I making sense here tonight? So if usually what happens is if whenever you have a, some sort of goal like that, if it's $200,000, usually God speaks to someone about giving 10% of that. That's normally what happens. That just kind of gets the ball rolling. And then, then what happens is another 20 or 30 people uh, start going, well, okay, I'm in. I can't do the 20, but I'm going to do five or I'm going to do 10. But what I'm looking to have this, I, I, I really reckon that what God's about to do in our church is going to actually come out of this 6 p.m. service. I, I just feel like there's something in the atmosphere. It feels like revival in this room. It feels like God's doing something. So I feel like... Now, don't tell the people who come to the 8, 15, and the 10. Well, they'll all get jealous and come over. But we've got to leave more room for everybody else who's not in our church yet. But anyway, I feel like something's going to happen. So I just want to pray right now that the Holy Spirit will come and talk to us tonight about what our part to play in this is. And I'm asking you, if you're part of this church, I'm asking you to pray right now and let the Holy Spirit begin to talk to you. What could it be? 
What, what could I give? There's a lot of people who say that, that there's a generation of young millennials who don't know how to sacrifice and who don't know how to give for anything beyond themselves. I think that's rubbish. I think when God apprehends someone's heart, they know how to sacrifice and they know how to give sacrificially things that were set aside for something else to something that's of eternal significance. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Let's close our eyes. Spirit of God, I thank you in this room tonight that you're stirring for us. Lord, there's exciting things that you've got for us. We're not looking to, to one person to be the, the person to fund this next phase of renovation. We're looking to you and for you then to release money through us, money that we've already got, money that's coming. And I'm asking that you'll speak so clearly, Holy Spirit. Amounts. Often I have a, a moment where I just spend five minutes doing some praying for healing, prophesying, a supernatural moment. And God said, that's this moment right now. This is the supernatural moment. And God's speaking to people. This is separate division builders. I'd say to you, if you've got the gift of giving, when Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift, I'm saying that to you. If you've got the, giving, the gift of giving right now, stir up the gift. Stir it up. Stir it up. Activate it in God. Hear what the Holy Spirit's wanting you to do and partner with Him. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. We want to reach a generation. We want a house full of prodigals who returned. Moved by your power in this place. That's the power of God coming in here right now. Move on hearts. As God speaks to you about what He wants you to give, as you lock in to what He's about to do in our church, it'll overflow into your life. As the church breaks out, you'll break out. As the church breaks out, your business will break out. Spirit of God, some of you are, have got trade skills and abilities that you'll be able to say, I'm, I'm giving towards that. When I shared what we're doing with uh, some of the business people in our church, immediately someone texted me and said, I want to give $10,000 towards that. It's renovating for revival. Holy Spirit, revival starts here in our hearts. Revival starts in our hearts. Revival starts in our hearts as you move by your Spirit. Once he's told you what to do, I want you just to make, just to go, yes, Lord, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give that. We're doing this offering over three or four weeks. So some of you are going to tonight just write down an IOU. This is what I'm going to give over the next few weeks. Some of you will be able to give tonight and the options for the way we do that are going to come up on the screen. Let's just keep the, there's a holy atmosphere here. Let's just keep it while we're preparing. 
If we could just put the options up on the screen, you can open your eyes. You grab the envelope in front of you and begin to fill it out. If you're writing an IOU, just write it on there. If you're going to use credit card to give, you can either text in or you can use the, the envelope in front of you. If you want to use FPOS, you can go to the back of the service afterwards and just make sure you identify this as RR or renovate. It'll help us. It's not a general offering. It's a renovate for revival. Spirit of God, I'll tell you, I can feel God moving in this room right now. So strong. So just begin to prepare. Uh, many people will, I know, uh, be doing a transfer, a bank transfer. If you want to offer your, your skills for this in terms of practical skills, then just see our campus pastor, Josh Stott, and say, I can be involved in doing this. Man, there's a breakthrough anointing on this moment right now. Man, there's a breakthrough anointing in this room. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I, I, see, I see young people just going, all right, I'm all in, God. I'm all in in what you're wanting to do in this church right now. And this moment is part of me going, I'm all in. It's not your tithe. Holy Spirit, the whisper of God's in here. The whisper of God's in here. Spirit of God is talking to people. I, I sense God's going to capture hearts of people who are only brand new. And He's going to launch you into His way in your finances, which is generosity and Him pouring out prosperity onto you very quickly. Just as that, product, as that son immediately got restored to blessing, you're going to experience that in your life immediately. God's going to bring you into that zone. We're preparing for revival. All right, this is what we're going to do right now. If you fill that in, I'm going to get the stewards to come. And uh, we just let the, let the atmosphere of celebration start to get into our heart. This is, there's a faith component to this. I know people are sacrificing right now to be part of this. There's a faith component. So I think we've got a different little song that we're going to put on while we come to give. Lord, we're honoring you with our giving. With our generosity, it's a step of faith. Lord, we're going to renovate this place for a revival by your Holy Spirit. Amen. And God bless you as you give. Thank you, stewards. Thank you, stewards. Right now, I'm going to hand back to you, Ed.